I'm Nevada Basketball's Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Pack Center. What is up, Wolfpack? Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. I'm your host, the former ASBN play-by-play and color commentator, Jordan Burns, here with the Wolfpack Statmaster, Garrett Hirschberg. If you haven't already, give us a follow on Twitter at PackCenterNV, Instagram at PackCenterNevada, and Facebook PackCenterNevada. Also, check out our midweek show on SoundCloud and iTunes podcast. We talked with future Wolfpack Hall of Famer Cody Fajardo, and it was just as incredible as he is. But in this episode of Pack Center, we've got football, basketball, and volleyball news all coming at you through your preferred listening device. So let's get it started right after this quick commercial break. Arrive Alive, Don't Drink and Drive is a brand new transportation service starting up in Reno. Chauffeur will take you and your car home at an affordable price. To order a ride, call 775-771-0371. That's 775-771-0371. Chauffeur wants to reduce the number of drunk drivers. Chauffeur gets you and your car home safely. What a game for Nevada football this weekend, and I don't mean that in a good way. The Wolfpack lost to Boise State 41-14 to on the road. Garrett, I've got to give this loss to the non-existent offense. You're right. The offense was left in Reno. They only put up 302 yards of offense, which is good, but not when your opposition puts up 479 points, 479 yards, not points, and scores 41 points in, the, in comparison to Nevada's 14. Nevada's offense didn't score a point in the second half of the game. Which is kind of bad when you're going up against the top, like the top defense in the Mountain West. Which sucks because we came out uh, on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. We scored first. I thought we were going to have a, a good game. I mean, on our show last week, we talked about how it was either going to be a blowout game or a shootout. And, and I think it was a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it was definitely a blowout. Um, yeah, you're right. Nevada scored first. Uh, Kelton Moore had that four yard touchdown. Um, then they scored ten points. And then Nevada was able to score again on a, a one-yard touchdown pass from Ganji to Armstrong. And then after that, it went downhill. It went downhill really fast. As Boise State scored 21 points in the second quarter. 20, 21 points. Wow. That's more than we had in the entire game. About 21 points in a quarter is insane. I mean... Maybe we should blame it on both the offense and the defense. I don't think the whole, the whole team didn't really seem to be present. Yeah, but yeah, but when the when a team like this, when it's a shootout, you also need that offense to go uh, tit for tat. Like, granted, in the second quarter, the defense allowed touchdown plays of forty four yards and twenty five yards, and this Nevada no, this Nevada defense also looked lost. But then again, this Nevada defense lost their. A captain in Asani Rufus, as he broke his leg and is out for the rest of the season. But that was late in the game. I, I don't. That wasn't in the second quarter. The second quarter, when we gave up 21 points, that was on the entire team. I don't know if it was the play calling. I don't know if it was uh, a loss of heart. Personally, I think that this bye week plagued us. We were on a hot streak. We might not have been winning, but Ganji was on fire. The offense was on fire, uh, and we kind of just took out. We turned the burner off and. In that off in that uh, bye week, so and we go into a powerhouse team like Boise, uh, you're gonna get a blowout. Yeah, we looked good before the bye week, going up against Colorado State, who's an who's an elite Mountain West team. But you're right, this the bye week definitely slowed our momentum, and especially it slowed down Ganji. Ganji, this game was 24 of 37 for 160 yards, one touchdown, and three picks. 
those 160 th- yards for a quarterback in an air raid offense. Uh-huh. Those three picks, he he just did not read the defense. He threw some pretty easy interceptions. Yeah, he threw some Tony Romo-type picks there. You could have the got pe- him. Straight to the linebacker. Oh, I, I was like, why aren't I out there on the team? That would have been my interception. That would have <laughs> been my college dream is to pick off Ty Ganji <laughs> in a, on a blue turf field. Yeah, no. So And there was granted, there was only one bright spot on offense, and it came from Kelton Moore, who had 17 carries for 106 yards and a touchdown. And this is, this is a great performance to see from Kelton. But also in this game, we saw the return of Jackson Kincaid. I was just about to mention that, too. Jackson Kincaid did come back. Um, yeah, what were his stats like? Did he play well? Uh, Kincaid, he didn't get a lot of carries as he only got – Three carries for eight yards. Yeah, so he didn't. He wasn't much of uh, an impact, but it was good to see his face on the on the field again. Uh, I think Kelton Moore might be the guy for the rest of the season, though. He's looking to be on fire. Uh, ever since that game where he had that breakout run, it was where did this guy come from? I I think with uh, with Kincaid, you got to work him back into this offense. Because this offense has uh, improved mightily since he went down with that injury. We see this more passing offense. So I think it's going to take time, especially recovering from a knee injury, that it's going to it's it's take some time. Yeah, I think so. I think giving him a couple, a couple carries a game is, is perfect for him right now. Yeah, and let's see, let's see how he does in practice, and then let's, we can see how he does in this upcoming game. But you're right. the The offense wasn't the only show. The defense looked awful as well, as their quarterback Brett Ripon, Boise State's quarterback Brett Ripon, went twenty of twenty seven, two fifty eight, and two touchdowns. Twenty of twenty seven. That's an incredible ratio, right there. Our de- our pass defense was non existent. You're you're right, and this is something scary, especially as you look at the m- remaining games, but. This is Boise State. Boise State normally comes into this game running a dual threat, dual quarterback system. Granted, this this week uh, their backup quarterback Montel uh, Kozar didn't really play much. So, it, honestly, I think that's one thing that Nevada really had to account for in this play calling in this in this play calling during this these last couple weeks of practice. And then when they really went with Ripon, it might have threw them off. Yeah, Ripon looked solid out there. I don't know if that was just because. He's been having a really good season, or that's because our defense uh, just gave him so many opportunities. Yeah, and Nevada, Nevada's rush defense didn't do as bad as in the game against Air Force. They had 35 carries for 140 and three touchdowns. Two of those touchdowns came to Alex Madison, who had 12 carries for 64 yards. So, Oh, you said that like you were so proud of the guy. <laughs> Congratulations! Congratulations! You ran on the worst run defense in the Mountain West. uh, You're not wrong. We really are. It's it's so sad to see that Uh our our run defense uh, is non-existent. Now our pass defense it's gone. And now that we've lost Asani Rufus with the the broken leg, what is that going to mean for our secondary? I think that we're going to see a lot of uh, freshmen, uh, some more freshmen coming in play. But but in terms of points, like, I mean, oh, I think you Asani, definitely you definitely lose a leader out there. When Asani went out, the backup that came in for him played solid. I'm not gonna lie, like our backup uh, safety was it Wilson. Was it Travis Wilson who came into play? I have no idea. Okay, I have no idea who the guy is, but uh, he played really well for for a backup. But 
no one can really replace Asani Rufus. He's our hard-hitting deep guy on our defense who gives us who's given us so many turnovers this season, and that's kind of been he's kind of been the one person on defense. Him and Austin Paulus have kept us our defense alive. You're right. These two guys have been the emotional leaders and the on the field leaders. And I think that it's going to be tough losing Rufus for the year. But I think that Damian Baber has to step up. Uh, Voshan Crumby has to step up. I think uh, Nephi Sewell. All these guys have to step up in the absence of Rufus. And it'll be interesting to see if they actually do. Didn't Voshan Crumby uh, muff another punt in this game? Did he? I don't, I don't think so. I think it was, uh, was it in the third or fourth quarter. He's he's our, our usual returner. Yeah, he is, but... According to ESPN, there were no fumbles on the side of Nevada. So we go into this next game against San Jose State at home without our our star DB, Asani Rufus. San Jose State's a lot like us. They've been struggling this season. They're 1-9 and 0-5 and and in conference. Their only win coming to an A1 school, a Division 1A, or however you say it, Cal Poly. I mean, the spread is telling us that we're going to win. But if we play like we did this week against San Jose State, I think it's going to be uh, a rough one. Yeah, um, in Chris Murray's article uh, saying like how they break down the games, he said the only thing that uh, San Jose State was good at was punting. That's probably true. I think San Jose State – I mean, I'm coming from San Jose, so I've been <laughs> a, I used to watch San Jose State games growing up. And, and they're not good. They're not good. They've never been good. They're not an athletic school. Not really. They're, they're a little inner-city school. Um I mean, we, so we've got a chance. This might be our second conference win uh-huh. of the season, and maybe even our last. Looking at the rest of the schedule. Yeah. Uh, well, hold, hold that thought about the only other win. But yeah, San Jose State. Um, their only win of the game came. Their only win of the year came against Cal Poly. Uh, they are currently on an eight-game losing streak, Woo-hoo! and in all their games, they've been in all their Mountain West games, they've been blown out. The closest loss they had was uh, was by 11 points to Hawaii. Their offense, eh, but they are, they averaged 210 passing yards again. Uh, quarterback Montel Aaron has a thousand, like just over a thousand passing yards, eight touchdowns, and five interceptions. Their defense gives up 508 yards per game, which is four more than Nevada. So we finally found a Mountain West defense that's probably worse than ours. They only have four. They only give up four more yards than Nevada in a game. Mm-hmm. So look at this. I think the only thing that we have on them is a solid offense when we play right. I mean, either Ty Gandry's gonna have another terrible game and throw a couple interceptions, or he's gonna have he's gonna go off uh, in the secondary, throwing the ball down the field with McLean Mannix and Wyatt Demps. This could be a blowout for, uh, on the Nevada side. It could be a close game. It could be a shootout. It's kind of hard to tell with this one. I feel like this game, there's there's the possibility of this game being a shootout because you look at it, the last three games, sure, sh- uh, sure Nevada's been it's been a close game, but they have allowed forty four points, forty five points, forty one points, and now without Sonny Rufus, what does that mean for our defense? I think that this could be San Jose State's chance to finally get a Mountain West win, uh, but it also could be a great chance for Nevada to get its second conference win. You're right, and looking at this San Jose State team, they they only average 15 points a game. That's not good. 
That isn't good at all. And we're averaging quite a lot more. We're than averaging twenty six per game. They but you also look at the stats, they also allow forty two points a game compared to our thirty seven. Exactly, but we've been playing, and we've been playing some uh, really good Mountain mm-hmm. West teams of late too. And I think the fact that they lost to Hawaii by eleven points means something. We've got a chance here, but Soda San Jose State with our uh, crippled defense right now. Yeah, the spread is nineteen points in favor of Nevada. When that first line first came out, it was twenty. I was a little bit shocked. Yeah, it seems a little high. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it. It makes sense when looking at the stats. Like, their defense is awful. Their offense, awful. Yeah, I think San Jose State might struggle to get some points on the board if Austin Paulus plus, and um, Damian Baber can step plus, up. Plus, I don't remember the last time San Jose State beat us, or beat us in Mackey. Yeah, I have no idea either. I think it's it's, a, it's a, definitely a rarity uh, for San Jose State to, to do anything against uh, one of the the upper level Mountain West teams, but this uh, season, I mean, I'm talking about in general. Okay, we're one of the the upper level Mountain West in teams. all sports. In all sports, okay. but uh, in football too. I mean, football historically we've been uh, a powerhouse up there with Boise and Colorado State, uh, but this year we've kind of fallen down to the to the uh, to the end of the pack. Now we're kind of even grounds with San Jose State. San Jose State being one of the worst teams in the Mountain West. I think as a player, it's it's really saddening to look at the records and think, okay, we're one and eight; they're one and nine, so we're not that we're not that much better than them. Yeah, and, and all it means is that they played one more game than us. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the fact that we that both teams only have one win. Exactly, which is why I think that this might be a pretty even match. But the fact that their only win comes against a Division One A team and ours comes against a Mountain West opponent. Could mean something too. Do you know what the term trap game means? I don't. So trap game is a is a is a is often a game where like a big school often overlooks a smaller school and the smaller school makes it close when it should be a blowout. This this could be a trap game for Nevada. And that's what I was kinda of talking about before. It's kind of anyone's game at this point because looking at the stats, it everything indicates Nevada will win, but the way that Nevada has been playing with the inconsistency, especially coming off this bye week, because we thought that they would be a competitor against Boise State coming out of the bye week. The only thing that would that would really be an issue was the defense, but both sides of the ball became a big issue this this past week. So this this is also a weird game because one, it's a one o'clock kickoff, so it'll be interesting to see how many hungover Nevada fans are actually in attendance. And also, um, I don't know how much confidence Nevada fans have left in this team. I don't think it's a lot left. I don't think that it's going to be a huge turnout, but I think a one o'clock game might actually help. Uh, you know how much Nevada, how uh, Nevada students love to day drink. So. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a very popular thing. I mean, it's the one time where it's not thirty degrees outside <laughs> this time of year. So. They could actually go out and have fun in 50-degree weather. <laughs> uh, it might be colder than that. <laughs> it's, it's quite possible. I think we're getting closer and closer to, to snowfall. Let's see. On Saturday, it is it, at like 1 o'clock. It should be 53. See, I said 50-degree weather. It's going to be a beautiful day. Oh, that's, that's uh, board shorts and tank top weather. Exactly. Put a couple beers in you, and that's definitely board <laughs> shorts and tank top weather. <laughs> Garrett, what do you think is the biggest threat coming out of San Jose State? 
I just think that I think the biggest threat is is this Nevada team. I think Nevada has the possibility of overlooking San Jose State and looking ahead at San Diego State, which they play next week. So I think that Nevada, they might beat themselves this week. I, I agree with you. I think Nevada's biggest challenge this week will be themselves. But predictions, Garrett? Uh, Nevada wins big. I think Nevada wins. I'm not going to say big. I'm going to say they win by 15. You don't think they, they, they – I don't think they cover. You know, I think knowing San Jose State and knowing Nevada, I, I know I, that, I know that Ty Ganges pissed off about this loss to, to Boise. So I think that he's going to come out on fire. I think Wyatt Demps, McLean Mannix, they're going to come out on fire. I know Coach Norvell's going to be working them hard this week in practice. So I said they cover the spread and Nevada big this week. I do expect a good game. That's the one thing I do expect is a good game uh, for Nevada uh, offensively and defensively if everything plays out right. But let's move on. Let's take a quick break and move on to basketball recap. What a ride it has been for basketball coming off these last three preseason games, winning all of them and capping it off with a win over Dominican University, 101 to 55. Josh Hallman, he was the man to watch. You're right. He was. He scored 27 points, seven, I also had seven rebounds, but he shot the ball for lights out. He shot the ball deep for three. He, he even shot the ball from Carson City. <laughs> I love that tweet that you put out. Thank you. Game. Thank you. That's a really cool game that they had. It was a throwback game in Virginia Street Gym. It was small. It, it was it, intimate. There were 1,700 people. The coaches dressed up in old school clothing. It was so funny seeing Muss in, like, these baggy baggy pants, like a blue, blue button down. All the coaches got into it. The uniforms were clean. They had the old school, old school wolf on the front with, like, it was a white jersey with blue shorts. It was great. I'm not a huge fan of the old school wolf, I have to say. In certain occasions, it's cool, but certain, but not for Nevada basketball. You didn't like it for Nevada basketball? Eh, not really. I think that they're more, they're the fe- fiercer of the teams, and I think that they should use it. Football, I can see them using it for a cool helmet, but no, basketball is a really cool environment. Um, they played old school music. It was because the last time they used this gym was like the in the seventies. Wow. Yeah. And so it was really – it was weird because, like, you look on the outline of the court and it's for volleyball, so they had to tape it. So <laughs> literally you see, like, in the middle of the court, there's just the blue lines for volleyball and then just the tape. Wow. No, but it was it was a fun game. Like, we sat upper decker – or upper deck on the – in the volleyball side on, like, the baseline. It was, it was a cool event. Yeah, you went with your parents, right? Yeah, I went with my parents. Um, it was – it was a really, it was really cool to see because if this was in Lawler, it would just be a gen, like, just an ordinary game. Well, this game there were no assigned seats. Uh, you could sit anywhere in the arena except for a few reserved seats for team doctors. But you also looked at it like some of the players, like Jordan Caroline, rocked old school shoes. He rocked some Air Jordan ones. Um, every and everything just seemed to fit the old school theme. Well, I love it. I think that's a, a really cool thing that, thing that they did. Uh, 
doing all the throwbacks mm-hmm. to it. But let's talk about the game itself. Other than Josh Hall, what were some highlights? Well, first off, Muss is happy. Muss was happy because you remember last time that press conference? I'm sure he said he's not saying this team is overrated anymore. Uh, this team played really excellent defense uh, with a lot of help defense, forcing a lot of steals. But on the offensive end, Cody Martin, 16 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. His brother Caleb did not play, turf toe, but we hope to see him back for the regular season. Um, Elijah Foster, who we called out last week, saying the fact that he only had 2 rebounds, he got 10 this game. And he had 9 points. And I think that this was a big game to watch. Everyone got to play, and it was a great environment. So that 101 to 55, so the defense really did step it up this game. Yeah, they did. Um, and this was a shocker because, like, going, coming out of last game, we weren't coming out of that second exhibition game. We weren't sure how this defense was going to perform against a another D2 school. And it's great to see them come out here and kill them like they're supposed to. Yeah, I'm really happy that basketball did step up. I'm glad that Coach Must is a little bit happier now. I was worried about about uh, last week's press conference. Uh, that was a big shock to everybody, I think, Coach Must talking like that about his beloved team. Uh, and you think that he might be a little bit happier now the defense did step up. Elijah Foster finally played how he's supposed to. I want to see those numbers bumped up a little bit more come the regular season. Uh, Elijah's going to step up a little bit more to fill the shoes of um, – his Cam. former of Cam Oliver, you know, Cam Oliver would hit would hit double doubles like like nothing. Yeah, he, he would hit double doubles like he's working at In and Out. <laughs> no, but it was great to see this team come out and, as I've said before, truly dominate the the Dominican Penguins. Um, Nevada started off a little bit slow, but then they were able to pick up the tempo, and. This team shot the ball, shot a lot of threes, and that's something I expect a, for a lot for this season. Yeah, I definitely think the threes are going to be a, a big one. We, we, we've talked before, we kind of have to play a little bit more small ball. We're not, uh, we don't have the size that we did last year, and so being able to to play in the deeper court and hit the threes, that's going to really be what what separates us from a lot of other Mountain West teams. And I think a lot, like you look at fandom in basketball, a lot of people like the three ball, a lot of people like the Warriors. So I think that a lot of people are going to like this Nevada team because with Kendall, with Hallis, with the Martins, with Josh, they shoot the ball a lot. So I think it should be a very fun season for Wolfpack fans and for us. I think I think like you said, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for us. I mean, we've got some big stuff in the making for, uh-huh. next, for next season. We- <laughs> you'll find out. You'll find out soon. You'll find out coming next season. But I do. I do want to give. We're coming little- next week. Coming next week, but I want to give him a little bit of taste. You want to give him a teaser? I want to give him a little teaser. All right. So, so we've worked with Nevada Athletics, and now we've got seasoned press passes for all of Nevada basketball. Uh, Hallelujah! You, you'll see Garrett there at the table, and I'll be on the, on the court taking photos and videos. Are you sure you're not you're not going to be wandering in the, around the uh, concourse looking for food? <laughs> Garrett, I thought that was your thing. No, that's yours. You have the press pass, so you're allowed to roam. That is true. I can roam a little bit. I'll be taking photos everywhere. Photos, videos, and whatnot. And whatnot. We'll see. Yeah. So stay tuned on our social medias for all the, the photos and videos that we take. We're really excited about this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. But with with preseason ending comes the regular season. 
And this is the regular season as the start of the season. Unlike football, who says the regular or like the regular season is conference play. No, this is the re- actual season. The teams are zero and zero. It's a fresh slate, and their first game is against Rhode Island uh, or not Rhode Island, Idaho on Friday. R- the Rhode Island game is Monday. Uh, this is a big night for Nevada fans because one, it is the ring ceremony for the Mountain West titles the championship and the regular season they're unveiling banners and they got a special guy to uh sing slash paint the national anthem i think this guy is really cool what's his name joe everson yeah joe everson go look this guy up on youtube or we posted it uh a we link retweeted on our, yep on our twitter uh that we found from Co- uh chris murray this guy is awesome i i've seen a couple of people like this on america's got talent and things like that where they they do like art, this and like and they do the whole like canvas he flipping. Flipped, yeah, he flipped the canvas and somehow finished the painting. I was shocked. I think this guy's gonna be really cool. I think uh, last year we had some really cool guys do the national anthem or even the the, the pregame. pregame uh, the Michael pre- Buffer did. Michael Buffer uh, introduced both the Nevada and the UNLV game here in Reno. So and I, think, I think I also think that along with the bu- Michael Buffer, I think this team's got some tricks up its sleeve. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what Nevada Athletics pulls out uh, for this season. I think we're going to see a lot of cool uh, things like this. I don't know if this is just for like a season opener thing. We'll get one maybe mid-season UNLV. Um, I think big, end of season. I, I think probably big big televised games they might do this, and especially the UNLV game. I love. I like how they're putting money to things like this. This is really cool, and I'm really excited to see. Cough, uh, cough, football, cough, cough. Yeah, football, step it up. Come on. But. The, as mentioned earlier, the first game is is against Idaho. Idaho last year went 19 and 14 on the season. There's not really much to talk about them. This should be an easy win for Nevada, but it's going to be interesting to see what the starting lineup is. I don't think there's going to be any easy games coming into the beginning of, of the season for us because we've got so many new players, so many transfers that still got to work the rust off. But I think that especially in these preseason games, these transfers have worked those rust off. Howis Cook, Kendall Stevens, the Martins. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not they play Elijah at center to start or they go small ball with the Martin twins, uh, JC, uh, Lindsay, and Kendall. Or they replace someone with with uh, Elijah. I just think that we're not putting up the numbers that we would have put up last season. So I'm just I'm I, I definitely think this is gonna be a good win. I think we're gonna we're gonna beat Idaho. But I don't have as high as expectations this season as I did last season. Yeah, I think this team's going to be much better. I think that with the additions, I think the additions trump the, the losses. Because I think they added more valuable pieces in the Martin Twins, Howis, Kendall, and then some of the grad transfers. Rather than, uh, sure, Cam Oliver and Marcus Marshall were big deals. You also lost DJ Fenner, and then you lost uh, you lost you lost those three. But I feel like you got more guys, and Nevada can run a deeper bench because you remember last year Nevada really struggled in that. Nevada struggled; they only ran like six, seven guys at a time. They have the ability to run ten guys. You know who I want to see step up this season? And I know he's not going to get a lot of playing time, but I want to see Charlie Tooley out there. Yeah, I think he'll be in. I don't think he'll play much, but I think he'll play especially in blowouts. But this isn't. By the time our next show comes out, Nevada will be have two games under their belt. Their second game is against Rhode Island. This is a tough game. It's on ESPNU. It's the first nationally televised game of the year. Um, 
Rhode Island last year went 25 and 10 and advanced to the second round of the NCAA tournament with a close loss to Oregon. So we're going to have our work cut out for us against Rhode Island. It's going to be a tough game. The Rams, the Rhode Island Rams versus the Nevada Wolfpack. Um, It should be interesting because these are both two teams that compete for an NCAA spot that are going to compete for an NCAA spot. So I think that it'll be a really good game for for fans to watch out of out of market. Yeah, I think so too. I think this I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think uh, a televised game uh, this early in the season against a powerhouse team is always going to be some high intensity. Um, this one I think is going to be a challenge, especially with again. I know you don't you don't agree with me, but I still think there is a little bit of rust on on the Martin twins and Elijah and all these guys who have taken some time off, uh, and they're going to need a little bit of time to, to get into, especially the more competitive play. I mean, the preseason, it was easy. We, we, can, we can say that safely, that they mm-hmm. weren't playing uh, good competition, and that's why we were putting up points, like 101, and we're not going to be able to really do that against uh, an NCAA competitor as well. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this defense truly is, because I know defense was a – was a staple of Moss's coaching style. So it'll be interesting to see how is how how this defense truly is tested early on in the season. I think so too. And I think we got a a good week of basketball ahead of us and I'm really excited to to be courtside. I know you are too. And the best part about basketball being back is we have a, we finally have a a, sh- a sport that has the possibility of a winning record to talk about. I know no more depressing shows. We can talk about Nevada basketball. <laughs> Yay. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back to you with a special interview. I think this, I think you'll enjoy this. This is kind of fun. Martin might have been out this week, but we are throwing it back to Media Day with our interview with him. Check it out. All right, Caleb, thanks for uh, standing here and talking with us. So, first off, you didn't play last year. You have to watch the whole season. Are you ready to get on the court this year? Yeah, I'm ready. Of course, like, uh, like I was telling him last time, uh, sitting out a whole year, you know, you have to practice every single day, and it's fun to come in and practice and work on your craft, but, you know, you kind of get sick of playing the same people every single day, playing your teammates every day, and... Um, but, yeah, it's definitely going to be fun to get back out there and play some actual teams again. When you entered the game on Sunday, was there a little bit of rust? Oh, yeah, a lot of rust, a lot of rust. I felt like I felt kind of slow. The game speed was kind of fast. Um, like you said, it was just I just felt not I didn't I wouldn't say like uncomfortable, but, you know, it was just one of those things I've got to it's got to catch back up. My game speed's got to catch back up. My shooting, my touch got to catch back up for the for the game. But um, I give it like another another game and I'll be fine. We talked to Jordan Carolina on our podcast uh, last season. He said it took three games for him to get uh, comfortable. Yeah. Luckily for you, you got three exhibition games this mm-hmm. season. Do you think soon you'll be, you'll be – do you feel that the rust is coming off? Yeah, yeah. I think – I mean, obviously I feel like um, the rust was coming off a little bit, even just the difference from the first half and second half. The, the first half, I think I was like around like one for six, something like that, something like that. Um, and then the second half I came back in and, you know, felt it come back a little bit when I got my feet planted. And uh, and starting to get to the rim a little more, trying to draw fouls, stuff like that. Um, it's just gonna take like little stuff like that is it's gonna shake the rust off. But uh, like like Jordan said, that's probably the perfect amount of games. That's where like you finally get 
you know, acclimated back to that game speed again. It's probably around three games. The night before, were you nervous to get on the court? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was more. I was probably more anxious than nervous, but uh, just anxious from you know, you sit out a whole entire year. You know, you don't really like take. You don't really like feel like you take for granted of playing every single day until you got to sit out a whole year and then you got to come on the bench and watch your teammates play. And obviously, I was happy for all those guys last year and how well they did. But it's hard to watch, you know, when you're playing and, and you're able to play. It's not like I was hurt or anything, but you just not allowed to play. It's hard. You're so close to the court, but you couldn't touch it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, and I couldn't imagine that. Yeah. The Mountain West coaches named you uh, pre uh, preseason newcomer of the year. What are your expectations for this season? Um, what, I, what I expect out of myself, you know, I just, you know, I, I feel like I should just come in and produce every night. Um, that's one of the things coach puts a lot of trust into me, um, scoring as a scorer, as a leader, um, you know, and just being a good teammate, just being a good teammate to uh, all, all my all my boys. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm not too focused on like you know. Obviously, preseason awards is obviously it's, it's nice to get recognized and stuff like that. But um, you know, by the end of the year, none of that stuff's the same. You know, everything changes, and uh, you know, people who are MVP aren't MVP. You know, and people that are you know newcomer aren't newcomer and stuff like that. But obviously, none of myself, I expect myself to come in and produce every night, and you know, that's why I'm gonna hold myself to every night. Now, as a team, what are your expectations? As a team, um, for ourselves, obviously, to get to the tournament and go further than last year, that's always the goal for every team. And no matter what sport you play, uh, you know, you always, you're never going to try to settle just to make it to the tournament or just to, you know, win the conference championship. Like, you're always going to want to do more. You're going to want to win that and uh, get to the tournament and, and win more games. You know, obviously, it was great, and it's hard what they did last year. It was really, really, really hard. But obviously, our goal was to try to make it to the Sweet 16, but we got to take it one game at a time, you know? Um, so I want to I want to know a little bit more about the relationship with your brother. So what is it like uh, being on a team with your twin brother yeah. uh, in college? You guys both came here together. Uh, have you guys been from an early age? Were you guys always back and forth trying to make each other better? Yeah, I, I mean, literally, like we could never like even to this day, like we can't really guard each other um, a full probably practice or a full pickup game without trying to fight. You know what I'm saying? We always trying to fight each other. Uh, <laughs> It started just from the backyard, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, every time we always doing that, playing one on one, we, we don't get through the game, you know, we never finish the game. So um, that's why in practice or pickup, we always end up trying to guard somebody else so we can actually finish the game. But uh, yeah, it's just like one of those things we're just pushing each other. We're just really, 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 really competitive. Like I, I cannot stand losing, it makes me sick to my stomach. Um, I'm sure, like, hopefully, I don't want to experience none of that too much this year, but I'm sure you'll see how. Won't be the same. I won't be the same dude now. I am after after we lose. But you know, just being a competitor was huge growing up. Do you guys have like a rivalry in basketball? In basketball, uh, between me and Cody, like between me and my brother, uh, a rivalry. I mean, I guess you could say that. I mean, like I, like I said, like you just you know you just don't want to lose. You know, and especially when it's different from like okay, it's different from like if you have a brother or your friend. You know, what I'm saying if y'all two were playing pickup, you know, you'd be like, oh yeah, he beat me. It's not that big a deal. But I gotta go home with this dude. I gotta go say to my mom like, all right, Cody beat me. You know what I'm saying? I gotta talk to my older brother like, yeah, Cody beat me in pickup. Like it's it's just way different. Like it's way different when you're the same, damn near the same person. Like it's different. Do you guys trash talk each other a lot when you when you play? Uh, all the time. When stuff starts to get a little bit physical, like of course, like here and there, like we'll just here and there we won't talk as much but uh yeah when stuff definitely gets physical we definitely talk a lot <laughs> now when you guys practice are you guys when you guys do these full court scrimmages are you guys on the same team or different teams we i mean usually we're not the captains because uh i mean people want us to be the captain so we'll be split up but uh a lot of times we'll end up getting picked first so we'll be on separate teams 
because every time we're on the same team, they say it's not fair. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're usually on opposite, opposite teams, and we usually make somebody else guard each other we don't, so we don't have to guard each other. Here and there, we still have to. But, you know, you come off a ball screen, you switch, and you're not guarding each other anymore. So stuff like that, um, just so we can, just for the sake of the game, to get through the game. Do you think you guys have a really different uh, style of play, or is it really similar? Nah, very different. I feel like uh, he's more of like the facilitator, like uh, more like a point guard. He's actually more like a point guard and um, pass first kind of guy. I feel like I see myself more of as a scorer. Probably can't tell that from the Grand Canyon game yet, because I'm still trying to get this rust off. But um, just give me a little bit of time. Just give me a little time. I promise that I'll pick it up a little bit. But uh, yeah, I just think even just like the way we move. I talked to him like a couple weeks ago about that. Like just the way we move and do stuff and you know, shoot and from, you know, everything just is just different. Do you get a lot of, do you get any slack from people, uh, you know, from leaving one wolf pack and joining another? Oh my God. Oh my God. All the time. They're like, oh yeah. Like I still got some people, uh, you know, uh, commenting on my, on my Instagram talking about you went to one wolf pack to another wolf pack, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I hear it all the time. Trust me. Like, especially when I first left, like there's so many people trying to say like oh you went to Wolfpack you went to a worse Wolfpack I'm like all right whatever man like I just no, I just tune it out and um people think it's like people think it's funny to say Wolfpack to Wolfpack but it is what it is what was it like moving to a different school you know as you said like we're not necessarily the biggest named school mm -hmm. out there so what was it like coming here what, what went into that decision um I mean just like I see, you see the potential in the school from the year that I saw from the players obviously they went to the CBI which is very good too but uh, I mean, just looking at the roster, look at their depth, look at the coach, like looking at the newcomer, like look at the new transfers. Because we were talking to Hallis and Kendall before they committed, and they were like, "Yo, like you know, if y'all come here, we gonna go there." And I'm like, "All right, well, if y'all, you know, y'all commit, we're gonna commit." So like we were, you know, you know, trying to, you know, gel people together and stuff like that. And I knew what kind of like what kind of team we could potentially have. So I mean, it just looked good from the jump. The potential would look, you know, crazy. So is the team looking like how you expected? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, we're pretty deep. Like, we're pretty deep from last year. You know, you got Josh, who's a sophomore now. He's had a really good year last year. Now, he's worked on his craft the whole entire time we've been out. Lindsey, you know, Lindsey's become more of a leader. Then you got me and Cody coming here with experience. You got Hallis and Kendall with experience. You know, you got Darian with experience. You, it's just, I think it's more Jordan with experience, Elijah with experience, like everybody, you know what I'm saying? The whole entire team is just, I feel like, a little bit probably more mature. And now that they went through that whole stage, of going to the tournament, I think you know everybody knows what it takes to get there, which is a big, which is a big part of winning. I think we're good. I think we're good too. Thank you. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Man, media day was a lot of fun. Let's take another short break before we start our final segment. Let's talk about volleyball's undefeated week. They took on rival UNLV for the second time this season, and this time they came out with the win. 3-1 to one, and also took on New Mexico with a 3-1 victory. Garrett, this is a great week for volleyball. I mean, we had Shayla Heft on last week, uh, and I think we kind of sent some good vibes volleyball's way with this uh, week. Yeah, you're right. Uh, this game against UNLV, UNLV took the first set, but then Nevada was able to rally and take the final three sets which was great to see, uh, get some more Governor Series points. But you look at the stats, uh, Madison Foley led the team with 20 kills. Then you had Ayla Fres Fresenius? 
uh, with 16 kills, and Jamila Minor with 12 to round up the top three. Shayla was only only able to get 11, and her percentage wasn't the greatest, but you can't have record-setting performances every single week. Yeah, that's right. I, I was hoping that she would kind of keep the momentum going, but uh, so is the game of volleyball. Uh, you're not going to win everyone uh, individually, but as a team, they did really well defeating UNLV and getting another point for the Governor Series, so I'm happy about that. Yeah, and looking at their next game, they went to New Mexico and defeated the Lobos. Um, they won the first set, lost the second, and then when, was able to capture the third and fourth to get a three to one victory again, like you like against like the game against UNLV. And in this game, um, the kills was led by Ayla, who had twenty, Foley, Madison Foley, who had seventeen, and Peyton Devon, who had twelve to round up the top three. So Shayla Heff didn't really make an impact this last week, but that's okay. She's still a record setter. She's still a record setter. She still has something to, to walk away with this season with. And, you know, let's talk about – I mean, the team is what we really want to talk about. They did extraordinary, winning three uh, three straight games and then two straight this week. Uh, that's awesome. They got, really- they, got some tough te- they got some tough tests ahead of them as they play number 29th ranked in the nation – Colorado State in the Virginia Street Gym today. Well, that's going to be a really tough one. I mean, if they're going to have any chance to play Colorado to to compete against Colorado State, this week would be the week to do it because they're coming off a three-game win streak. They're hot. They're they're on fire. So they might be able to take some of that momentum and the intensity going into Colorado State. But this is going to be a rough one. Yeah, Colorado State's been on a fantastic. Um, Streak. They're twenty-four and two, with a and they're fourteen and zero in conference, and they've won their four, last fourteen straight games. Well, see, so yeah, Colorado State's definitely going to be uh, yeah, this, a difficult this, opponent to play. And this and in their second game of the weekend on Saturday, they faced Wyoming. Wyoming just happens to be the second-ranked team in the Mountain West. Wow, what an intense week for the for Nevada volleyball. The two top teams in the Mountain West back to back, one at home and one away. Oh, both at home. Yeah, both at both at home, uh, both in the Virginia Street gym. And if Nevada wants to make a push at the top uh, to get to pass San Diego State and San Jose State, they got to win. They're, start, they're sitting at a uh, conference record of seven and seven, which is good for fifth place. So if they want to, they want to improve. You got to beat them. Wow, what a tough tough break for Nevada volleyball. Uh, it's gonna be a really tough week for them. I mean, this might the only. After they only have include that they only have four more games left, so I think you gotta come out strong, and especially as you enter tournament play. Yeah, so they want to make some tournament breaks. They gotta be competitive this next week against Colorado State and Wyoming, or they might get left behind. Yeah, and we don't want to see we don't want to see this because Nevada volleyball struggled at first, but it's great to see them finally come back and be strong. You have a lot of momentum going into this next week. We have we send the best of luck out to Nevada Volleyball as we end this show. And we'll take a quick break and we'll be out of here.
And that's the end of our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to Pack Center. Again, I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with Garrett Hirschberg. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at PackCenterNV, Instagram at PackCenterNevada, and a like on Facebook, PackCenterNevada, for all your Nevada athletics news and updates. From the Reynolds School of Journalism, Wolfpack Radio, and the Joe Crowley Student Union, go Wolfpack!